Hey, ladies and gents, this is Mike Headley. We're on episode 19. We got a great one for you. We got the talented real estate broker owner, Jihad Shahir, with U.S. Asset Realty. He's given us great tips and insight on how he's running his brokerage and how he sees the market, current and in the future. Tune in. Hello, ladies and gents. This is Mike Headley on the Headley Group Real Estate Show. This is a podcast designed for real estate professionals who's thinking about getting a career in real estate or who's already been in the business. We'll learn some great tips and tricks from the professionals and the veterans. Continue to tune in. Hey, ladies and gents, how you doing? This is Mike Headley. We're all coming back on the Headley Group Real Estate Show. Um, I always tell you all the time that we have a special treat for you. Uh, but I definitely got to highlight this brother here who's been doing extremely well up in that nice Connecticut market. Uh, he's killing the game, particularly in this uh, REO disposition foreclosure space, uh, as well as traditional uh, homes as well. But we, I asked the brother, I said, we got to get him on the show to share some of his insight and his lot of years of experience in this business. Hopefully he could shine a light on somebody who wants to get in the business. He's coming from us, again, like I said, Connecticut, and the name of his real estate company is U.S. Asset Realty, which you got all that promoted in the background. Uh, let's give a warm welcome. And I don't want to mess his brother's name up, so let me get my pronunciation correctly. Jihad Shahir. There you go. Oh, man, that's what I'm talking about, brother. <laughs> How's it going? How you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. How you doing, man? Oh, man, we're doing wonderful, man. Listen, the one, one thing about our show, we, we like to keep it real, and I... I met this brother here, like I said, at a conference a few years ago, and and found that we have so many things in common. So I said, brother, you know, come come on, get on the show. He was like, Mike, tell me where to sign up. I'm ready to go. So I want to salute you for that, and I, I appreciate that. Yeah, I appreciate you too, man. So, brother, let's get into it. Um, you rocking and rolling in the yep. real estate industry. Let yep. the peoples know, the world know, uh, what made Mr. Now, you prefer to be called Jay, because that's what I call you. Yeah, Jay. Jay, okay. So Jay, what made Jay get into the real estate industry? You see a void, what was that like, what happened? So ironically enough, I got into the real estate industry uh, through my dad. Mm. My, dad has been, my dad has been an investor since 1969. Mm. Uh, and, um, you know, pretty much I was born in 72. So he's been doing this before I was even born. And uh, I indirectly got involved because my father was involved. Um, mm. And at that young age, um, I didn't like real estate because all my father had me doing was picking up hammers, sheetrock, nails, mm. this is that, as a young child. So uh, I wanted to go out and play, ride my bike and play in the backyard. Mm. As my father had me and my brothers, I had five brothers, mm. um, working at all his investment properties. Mm. Um, my dad, like I said, has been investing in property since 1969. Um, and uh, like I said, indirectly, I got involved um, because my dad wanted me to um, help him do financing. So then I ended up doing mortgages. Okay. Um, and when I started doing mortgages, I started helping him financing, doing mortgages. Um, then I pretty much told myself, I said, well, you know, I need to get into real estate too, to be mm. somewhat all inclusive. So mm. I did mortgages and then I got involved in, um, in the real estate. Um, mm -hmm. And that was uh, got involved in mortgages back in 2000. Um, then I got involved in the real estate 2004. 
Okay. But when I got involved in real estate, um, I became a real estate agent, but I end up buying a real estate company. Mm. I wasn't okay. a broker. I established an agreement with a broker who had multiple offices, but my primary focus was is to buy the real estate company to feed my mortgage company. Mm. He was to hold my license until I got my broker's license, which I ended up getting two years after that, 2006. Okay. Okay. We, we you know, I want to unpack that a little bit. Let me, because I never heard that before. Yeah. You became a real estate agent and yes. you went, which is nothing illegal about that, nothing yeah. unethical. Yeah. And you brought, you brought into a company or you brought it outright? I, I mean, like hundred percent. I bought the company, the company outright. Mm. So how did that play out in terms of your sales and with the mortgage business? So my primary focus at that time was the mortgage, mortgage business. This was mm. back. I mean, you're talking about back then um, mortgages was, you know, I was making a lot of money back then and, okay. um, and I needed a for sure way to feed the mortgage company. I wasn't per se trying to um, make as much profit in the real estate company, um, but I wanted to be, of course, profitable, but I didn't need it to be all that much profitable at that time. Mm. Um, so that was my primary objective. At that time, I think I had almost 300 agents underneath this company. Wow. Yeah. It's a big one right there, bro. I got to write that down. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so now you, so you're a real estate agent. Okay. You you had the company. You see, he's doing extremely well. Now, I don't want to get too far off track, but 300 broke, 300 agents. I'm quite sure you had team lead. Like who who was managing all these people? How did that work out? So I had to bring people in to help me kind of manage the situation. Okay. Um, that's when I kind of realized the mortgage industry and the real estate industry is two different separate types of industries when it comes down to running a business. Mm. Um, and, um, you know, I had some learning curves. Okay. And um, when uh, when I realized that, um, I realized that at that time, I actually brought in the wrong people. Didn't turn out too well for me. Mm. Learning experience, though, because that's... Exactly. What, that's what catapulted me into starting U.S. Asset Realty back in uh, 2009. Mm, okay. So um, I had my learning experiences and not realizing that um, having almost 300 agents doesn't necessarily mean that you are successful. Broke, exactly. Mm, you know, facts. Um, <laughs> and I had to kind of trim the fact, so to speak, mm. and get rid of you know, the dead weight and all that other type of stuff and try to um, create more of a viable company that was not occupying that much of my time. Um, so we only got 24 hours out today. We all know that. Um, and those who maximize those hours out today are the successful ones. And I realized a lot of my time, I felt like I was, you know, grading school papers and following this, 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 and that. And it wasn't the best use of my time. Mm-hmm. So I had to trim the fat and make sure that I was able to capitalize on it the way I wanted to capitalize on it, you know? So. so 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 you trim that fat 
Yep. Uh, was it a uh, just a mixture of not motivated people or people weren't doing the, the work, uh, anything unethical? I'm just trying to dive in that just so the viewers so, can get a good understanding. Well, what was happening was that the previous broker, or the actually should I say, the broker that was still the broker at that time, was allowing these agents to really do whatever they wanted to do. Oh wow! And mm. I, I was, I was definitely not having that. Mm. So one of the main things I wanted to do was, uh, I said I had to, I had to meet every single agent face to face. Okay. And some of these agents was like, "Well, who are you?" Like. And I'm like, who am I? <laughs> I'm the owner of the company. That's who am I? Exactly. People didn't really want to. Wow. They didn't really want to deal with that specifically because um, I was an individual of color. That's the first thing because the person I bought ah. is not an individual of color. So some people had that type of thing. But not only that, people known me as a mortgage guy, not mm. as a real estate guy. They know me as okay. a mortgage guy. Okay. Um, and again, it was a learning curve you know, that I had to deal with. Mm -hmm. um, but one thing that I told myself, I'm not going to, I don't need to tolerate anybody. Right. So that was part of the trimming, the trimming of the fat, so to speak. You know, mm -hmm. if, you didn't, if you didn't want to, you know, come meet with me face to face, then guess what? You got to find another company. And mm -hmm. I don't care how that affects your company. You're, gonna, you're just going to have to, if you can't respect the fact of the change of administration, right then you can just go to anybody who you want to go to. And that's pretty much what happened. Where did, where did that mindset come from? In terms of being the leader in charge, I want to implement my strategy. Where did that come from? My dad, man. My, yeah. my, dad, okay. my, dad, my dad taught us um, to be independent mm. from an early age. Um, my father told me, he's like, listen, you know, in order for you to be successful, you need to find the common denominators amongst mm. the wealthy mm. and emulate those common denominators. Mm. Emulate what other people are doing that's going to take you to that level. So I realized that in order for me to be at that position, um, I had to take that take charge attitude. You know mm. what I mean? So. And the reason why I say that, because I know it's so cliche, people talk about it now so much, but the mindset is so powerful. Yeah. That's why I wanted to kind of tap into yours and see what was that why like, like what would make you kind of get up in the morning or make you say, I want to be in charge of my company and, and then take it to the next level, next level. Yeah. yeah. Um, let, let's shift it a little bit. Now, now let, let's fast forward. Um, 2009, you said you started the company. Um, what, what was them times like? Because again, you know, we are in a, currently in the seller's market. Yes. What was that market like? And, and how was the business running during that during so, the uh, financial crisis? As, as, as you know, at that time, it's almost like someone starting up in this pandemic time. Because mm. at that time, you had the, you know, all these uh, banks imploding um, from the subprimes and all that other stuff, mm. type of stuff. So it was it was chaos. It mm. was it was a chaotic time almost like the times that we're facing right now. And mm. um, um, so if you didn't have discipline to understand the dynamics in which you were dealing with, um, as soon as you started, you could have been over. It could have, you could have started and ended just like that without mm. understanding the dynamics. Um, again, I didn't start the business. I started this company, US Asset, in 2009. 
I didn't really start real estate in 2009, but I, I understood what I needed to do from the mistakes that I took on back in 2004, mm -hmm. right? So I understood how to navigate the waters um, and, and, and do things differently. And since, and since I did that, at, even at that time, because at that time, even though it was kind of chaotic, the REO business was, was crazy. Well, brother, let me interject. What is the REO business? The the bank-owned business at that time was booming mm -hmm. because a lot of people were facing foreclosure because we had um, adjustable rate mortgages mm -hmm. um, that were coming due. You had these interest-only loans, these 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 uh, option arm mortgages, these mortgages that people um, could not afford because they were coming due to their to the to their um their the rate their adjustable rate at that time mm -hmm. so people could not afford it and that's when the uh, bank owned um uh, the foreclosure business was uh, uh was just exploding mm. um, now at that time when i bought the company i had the number one reo agent working for me literally the number one REO agent. I wow. used to write her between a million and a million and a half a year. That was my 1099s that I was giving her a year. Mm. So, ironically enough, that's what got me involved in the REO business because I actually had the number one REO agent working for me. Okay. okay. So, I, and again, I want to. I don't want. I want to dive too deep, but I do want to know. Number one Oreo agent had the account. You're the broker owner. It's yep. really your account. Yep. So what happened with that situation? Came well, you know, um, the the main one was Fanny. So I had Fanny. She had pretty much the what, rest. What, what's Fanny? What's Fanny? Uh, Fanny Mae. Fanny okay. Mae is the uh, government-sponsored enterprise. Okay. One of the government-sponsored enterprise, like Freddie Mac. Okay. Um, and um, that was a large account, which was technically at that time my account. Okay. Um, I had um, a couple other different accounts, uh, which kind of, we actually had two accounts because we, we had multiple offices everywhere. And as you know, depending on the square miles, uh, radius, or where it was at, mm -hmm. it was able to have another office, different name. So we was capitalizing on, on the multiple offices that we had with two different names, two different offices and, and, uh, and so forth. So we kind of dominated the the, wow. the the REO world um, for a very, very, very long time down here. So did, did, did the haters come out? Oh, the haters, the haters were real. <laughs> the haters were real. Well, listen, let me tell you. So for me, <laughs> I was a low key guy. Okay. My business partner at that time um, was not low key. Mm. And I was like the silent assassin. They seen me, but they didn't see me. You know, they seen properties. I mean, we we were, we had four or five hundred at a time. You know, wow. I mean, we were. It was, it was crazy. It was crazy. Yeah, I, yeah. So let me ask you something. Around them times, was it was it so busy that during the day you forget to eat because you were so you was moving so much, or you had oh, systems no. and. You 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 forgot to, to eat a whole lot of time, <laughs> you know. 
I mean, it's 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 when you get a break, a five minute break somewhere in between what you're doing. It's like, man, I didn't eat nothing all day. Listen, if it wasn't for my staff forcing me to eat, I wouldn't have ate. Wow, rocking and rolling. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Hey guys, thank you for watching our show. We're gonna interrupt you real quickly. We are in the business of referrals. If you know someone looking to buy or sell, residential or commercial, here in the North Carolina area, refer us. We really appreciate that. So now let's fast forward. We talked about that, and it's the perfect segue. Uh, pandemic came out of nowhere. Nobody was really prepared for this. Yep. We didn't see that uh, uh, we would take full advantage like we're doing now, virtual. Yep. Which is which is the thing now. Yep. Probably will be for for a while where was uh, 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 U.S. Asset Realty and how did they, I don't want to find a word of preparing for it, how did they kind of just adjust to this uh, to, to this current situation? And what do they see yeah. the future going? Okay, so um, not to put myself in the same situation that what transpired years ago with the mortgage implosion, I always made sure that I stayed ahead of the curve, right? Mm. So I made sure that I was prone to the information, the the the, the information that was needed um, for me not to put myself in the same situation, um, not to put myself in the same situation as the past, like before. And as you and I both know, that's how we met in these conferences, getting these information from these conferences, these webinars, stay in tune of what to look out for, right? Mm. How to prepare yourself, right? Mm. Um, to not put yourself in the same situation. So I can tell you, I was prepared, right? And I was prepared because of the individuals um, that I was connected with, like individuals like you, um, the NRBA, mm. um, uh, you know, different outlets um, to feed me what I needed to be fed um, so I can prepare for these types of situations. And one of the things that I did um, was to make sure that um, I tapped into different other things um, to be able to float me over um, when times got slow in the REO industry and so forth. Okay. So currently now I have about 78 agents. Uh, I have four officers, I have about 78 agents. Um, and I have, um, I do a lot of, still do a lot of traditional business, right? Um, I awesome. still do a lot of traditional business. Um, and um, as we know, if Ario wasn't here, that's the business that we would have to be doing anyway in this type of situation, Correct. right? So it is about providing um, a professional service for people who are looking to buy, looking to sell, um, looking to rent, looking to manage. That's what we do the quality of the service that we do. Now, as you and I both know, as being REO agents, we have to go over and beyond the call of duty, right? Mm -hmm. So these things that we're offering our clients, um, we can offer the same thing to these regular uh, Joes, mom and pops, other people. Um, and the quality of the service is that far greater than what most people are not regularly, they're not used to actually doing. So. In return, we're getting more traditional business, right? Correct. We're training correct. our agents to get more traditional business. Correct, right? correct. Um, and this is how I prepared myself for this pandemic, uh, mm -hmm. is to just give that quality service, making sure people understand that 
not every agent or agency is the same. Mm. Uh, and that's how we pretty much kind of endure and is still enduring what's going on now. What uh, I heard you mention, 78 agents, and you said three offices, four offices? We have four offices. So offices. I, I got an office in uh, White Plains, New York. Um, okay. Office in uh, Stanford, Connecticut. Okay. Stratford, Connecticut, and Hartford, Connecticut. So mm. I pretty much cover the whole state of Connecticut and lower Westchester County of New York. Gotcha, gotcha. And considering that expansion, uh, well, evidently it's been a plus for you. Yeah. Uh, how is that, how you're able to navigate, I guess, uh, uh, if a REO was to come over, uh, uh, would it be just for one particular city or kind of throughout? No, so I train all my agents how to do inspections, right? Mm. Um, how to do occupancy checks. So if it should, and as you know, when we get assignments, we got time constraints to do certain things. Facts. Um, so it doesn't make a difference where I'm at. I can probably say 85% of my agents understand the basics of what needs to do when getting an initial assignment. Mm. So I can, I can, I can, you know, have one of my agents go out there, do this, do that. They all got, you know, you know, all the most common keys that we deal with in the, in the, in the REO um, industry. So they know exactly what to do. They know about secondary doors. They know about checking to see if utilities are on and this is that and other things. So mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I'm, I'm always ready. I'm always ready that when that assignment comes and they need something done, like ASA, I don't care if it's a blizzard outside. I know how to go about doing that. And that's what, as you and I both know, separates those who are willing to do that type of work mm -hmm. And those who say, oh, I need a week to do this. Or, oh, wow. You know what I mean? So that, that will be reassigned. It will be reassigned. But that's the reason why I, I maintain my scorecard. You know, asset managers love doing business with me because I go over and beyond the call of duty to get the job done. Mm, wow. So, and again, I don't know, I don't think we touched on it. Where do you see the market going post pandemic? So I believe 2021, as far as, um, um, REO goes, I believe it's going to spill into 2022, um, mm -hmm. at least here in Connecticut um, right. and New York, mm -hmm. because um, we got a moratorium until June, right? Correct. They're going to do another three months into June, to September, mm -hmm. um, and they're not going to they're not going to lift that moratorium during holiday months, right? Excellent. So it's going to spill into 2022. So, okay. so, so for people thinking, oh, two, it ain't happening. I don't believe right. it's happening, right? I don't believe it's happening. So. Right now, there's a high demand, at least down here for properties, but mm -hmm. a low supply. So prices right. are still good. Prices are still going to go up, right? Mm -hmm. But you and I both know what goes up must come down. That's so, right. And when it when it comes down, which I believe is going to be in 2022, mm -hmm. uh, is where we need to adjust of how we're doing business now. Because business now is we got a low supply, right? High demand. So that means that everybody is offering what, right? these discounted rates, flat fees. Um, you got the Zillow's out here, you got what you, So everybody is trying to give everybody everything for nothing, just to get business, right? Mm -hmm. You know, people are accepting crumbs crumbs on the table at this point, just to stay alive, right? They are compromising themselves. I believe they're compromising themselves. Um, you're not going into Beverly Hills or Saks Fifth and thinking you're still gonna get a discount. That's not right. happening, right? Correct. So, mm -hmm. so, 
as I tell my agents and I tell people around me, keep your head up high and know your worth, right? Know mm. your worth. Right. Sell who you are mm -hmm. and know your worth. Once you discount your worth, that's a rabbit hole that I don't think most agents want to go down, you know? That's right. You know? It'll stay connected with them forever. Exactly. What would you say to a new agent uh, that's in this market? They've experienced this, they're dealing with buyers, putting offers in, getting outbidded. Yep. Uh, they're getting frustrated. What kind of advice so, would you pass on to? The first thing I do for at least agents is to prepare their clients, right? Prepare their clients. So on the buying side, right? The first thing that they should be pairing their clients is to know that we're dealing with a seller's market. So what does that mean, right? A seller's market, that's meaning that everything is multiple offers, highest and best, multiple offers, sure. highest and best. That being the case, they should expect to be going over that list price, right? They need to expect that. If they're not expecting that, you're gonna have a hard time getting your clients what to do. You gotta exactly. mentally and financially prepare them that this is what it's going to take in order mm. to get what they want. If mm. you don't do that, um, not only are you going to be frustrated, but your client's going to be frustrated. And because you didn't advise them that, you may lose a client because, mm. you know, they're going to go to someone who's going to tell them exactly what it is. It ain't about just getting the client. It's about getting a client and, 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 and putting them to a path of success, right? And mm. that's by not just telling them that, but showing them the market, the dynamics of what's been happening. Print out a listing, say, listen, all these properties in this area has been going 15% over asking. Mm -hmm. So it ain't about what you're saying. It's about the data, right? It's about the nice. data, you know? And that's why I tell my agents, I said, listen, don't come with these pie in the sky numbers, right? Give them the hard data so they actually understand what they're working with. That's the first thing. That's on the buying side. On the selling side, you got to let these clients know. You say, listen, this is what's happening. This is the best time to sell. Why is the best time to sell? Because there are hardly any properties out here. If you're looking to uh, maximize, right? If you're looking to maximize and get the most out of your property and sell your property in Connecticut and come to the Carolinas with Mike Healy. That's right. You take him. Mike Healy and the crew, you know? That's right. That's right. This is, this is the time to do it, right? Mm -hmm. This is the time to do it. Why? Because this is the uh, the the the... Uh, the time that everybody's coming from, at least down here from New York, they're, they're, they're bringing up the price because there's a low supply and Correct. you're going to do it. And every, and you're the sun, moon, and stars aligned for you right now. Why wait, right? Mm. Create that sense of urgency, right? Mm. Create that sense of urgency. And this is how we, you know, we guide them. We now we're the captains of the ship, right? And we got to get everybody that's, that's, that's on our ship on the same level and get them to understand why they should be doing this now, right? Well, well, you know, just to add on to what you just said, numbers lie, don't lie. Well, men lie, women lie, numbers don't. That's exactly. the Jay-Z quote, right? So exactly. like you said, go back to the hard data. And I, and I emphasize that to the team as well. And, you know, again, this is what the data is saying, right? Exactly. Uh, 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 prices, prices drive everything, you know? So exactly. again, if you're, if you're listed right, even though you have multiple offices, you got some sellers who are extremely high. It's like, come on, right? it's yeah. like, it's like, like, like you're too high. I, I think after if you don't have an offer in 48 hours, I think you're too high. Exactly. Before that'd be two or three weeks, but 48 hours because the market is so fast paced now. Exactly. Now I can tell you, as you mentioned that, right? So when I tell my agents, when we get right these uh, sellers who who thinking 
out of the stratosphere that exactly. this property's out of the stratosphere price. Correct. I say, listen, I don't want to list, I tell them straight up, I don't want to list your property at this price unless we can come to an agreement to have scheduled price reductions. So I know at least that I have that chance of selling that property or what I believe Correct. that it will sell for. But I'm not going to be that one to sell that property for 20% over what I believe it's going to be. And then you go hire the next agent and you sell it at the price that I told you that it was supposed to sell with another agent. I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to uh, 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 waste my time or spend my time marketing um, if we're not going to be on that type of same page. So I can at least agree if we can agree to say, listen, I need some time to at least sell it at the price that I believe it's going to sell for. If you want to think that you can do this and which I can tell you is going to hurt you, sometimes we got to try to meet these clients in the middle to get them to understand that, listen, it, it is unreasonable. But sometimes these, 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 you know, these, these, these individuals, they, they, they believe that because the prices are going so, so far up that they can get these out of, out of the stratosphere type prices and it don't work. It won't even appraise, right? It won't even appraise. Mm -hmm. Jay, listen, brother, you are definitely lighting us with so much great energy. Oh, man. And, and what it is, is, I, I mean, I agree with you hundred uh, percent. Just that a lot of potential sellers, potential buyers, and even agents, I think are, but more or less not as educated coming from the agent to really guide us. I applaud you on that. Brother Saban License 2006. Now, I can't get over the fact that you were the real estate agent and you started a mortgage, you brought a mortgage. Yeah, 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 That's yeah. the first right there. Bro. So, 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 so I'm going to tell you, right? Uh, so I got my license in 2004, right? So, uh, 2004, correction. 2004. Okay. So, um, it was, it was, uh, most people didn't understand that move, right? Most, that was a chess people, move, bro. Yeah, yeah. Most people didn't understand that move. So I realized that, man, what is the best? Because as, as a mortgage professional, we was always trying to link up with the real estate professional. Correct. Right? Trying to get leads, leads. And I just said, why don't you become a real estate agent and just work some type of way of just buying the company? And sure mm -hmm. enough, man, it fell on my lap that way. And, um, it worked out in the beginning, but then it didn't work out, right? Um, but it, it, it. I believe that that led me to where I'm at now, right? So, um, it was, uh, it was, it was a move, and all those types of moves of moves that I've been trying to make uh, my whole career is trying to figure out a better way of maintaining business, right? And that's what it is, a better way of maintaining business. Like right now, business. like right now, you got a lot of agents, right? They put all their eggs in one basket, right? So for all those agents who put their eggs in that Zillow basket, right? What's what's going on with them now, right? Now they they focus on those Zillow leads. That was their primary way of them getting business. Now, now, now they're done, right? So what do they do? They quit because their primary way. I tell people they need to diversify as much as they possibly can mm. because when things get rocky over here or slow over here, you can still maintain the waters. And then it main, and then it comes back up here and gets slow over here. You still can maintain the waters. You don't want to be these one and done. So these people, he said, man, I remember that brother. He used to do it, but now he's selling used cars over here. Doing it. That's because he wasn't staying ahead of, ahead of the curve. You know what? I used to tell my agent, I said, listen, I spend anywhere between twenty to $30,000 a year 
on what? Education, right? Conference. Right. And doing this, doing people think people think it's cheap, right, Mike? They think it's cheap. Oh, in there. Right? We're, we're going to Dallas. We're going right. to Las Vegas. We're going Correct. to Colorado. Correct. Listen, it costs money to do all these things. But why are we doing it? To to, to be ahead of the curve, right? That's right. To, to be tapped in to the, the greatest minds of this industry, right? Mm. What do you, what people think? That you can just sit around and it's going to come to you? Right out the sky. Yeah. It, it ain't going to happen. You got to go to it. You got you to gotta be around these people, right? You got to be tapped into these people because... You and I both know we have learned a lot, got connected a lot mm -hmm. just for being at the right place at the right time. Exactly. Right? That's it. That's and it. That, and that's how we maintain in this business. That's it. Man, brother. Well, let me ask you before I ask you for these two golden nuggets. Is there a question you would like me to ask you that you want to answer? Question that I would like you that you can answer that I didn't ask you because I think you know you covered a lot of good stuff here bro. Uh, let's see Mike um, I would probably um, and I think uh, I, I think this question we're all questioning ourselves right and the question that I would like for you to ask me that it's a hard question for many of us What's that? is is when do us as business owners and professionals, we know when to change mm. or to downsize? Mm. Good point. Good. I mean, because, good. because, because, right? Good. You're real good. Exactly. Got right? to adjust. Because, exactly. because, because this is an up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. But when do you feel that? This is a feeling and not just a feeling. It is we, the insight, right? Numbers, right? We got to deal with numbers because at the end of the day, right? We are, um, we got to survive, right? Mm -hmm. We got, we got, we got to have the business survive. Our families need to survive, right? Mm -hmm. But it's a juggling act. This is what it is, right? Mm -hmm. Or when to let go certain clients that are costing us more, mm -hmm. right? Costing us more mm -hmm. than what we're making. Mm -hmm. The gamble. Right? So Correct. that's a question I'm always faced with that I have to answer on a day-to-day -day basis. Mm. Well, you know, so just to add on top of it, I think a lot of times, uh, uh, I think with any, any industry, any situation, just like you mentioned trends, I think the indicators are there, but people ignore them. And it's like the elephant in the room. It's like, I know I'm supposed to leave, cut the fat, exit this situation, yep. but I'm act like it's not there. And by the time it's time to make a change, it's right here, right? Yes. And then it becomes a more of a bigger problem, yes. right? So I definitely just want to kudos to that right there. Thank you for answering that. Yeah. So brother, now we towards the end, we ask every guest for two golden nuggets, whether it be a book, scripture, somebody quote, somebody told you something, give it to our audience. Okay. So one golden nugget, uh, let me see if I have my, uh, matter of fact, Two golden nuts, both for one second. Okay, that's fine. Quick commercial break. If you're interested in a career in real estate or you're a seasoned vet, and you might want to change, new environment, you don't like the atmosphere you're in, the Headley Group Realty could be there to assist you with your career. What do we offer? Great culture, great environment, leads, and an awesome commission structure. 
Let us be there to support your business. One thing, you got to be in the state of North Carolina. Let's get back to the show. One Golden Nugget Ooh, is okay. my book. Oh, you have a book, brother? I didn't know that. Okay, yes. yeah. Okay, what is it called? Facing Foreclosure. Facing Foreclosure. When'd you come out with that? Last year. Oh, man, brother. But we're going to promote that. I like that, man. Yeah, hey, man. Okay. Wow. How has it been doing? Listen, so my agents, this is what I tell my agents. Use me, right? Use me to put yourself in a better situation, right? So mm -hmm. as we tackle, quote unquote, the pre-foreclosures and stuff like that, I said, most people, as you know, back then, it's like, okay, you need to be certified, CDPE, SFR, doing this, mm -hmm. doing that. I said, let your clients understand that your broker is an expert mm -hmm. and they can read this. And I said, give them my book, give it to them. Like that. Mm -hmm. Right? So this is how we catapult ourselves to let people know that we're we're different out here. Right. Right? We understand if you're facing it, don't mean that you have to go into foreclosure. We can sell your property now that has equity on it. But if you're not in a position to afford your house, why are you going to allow your equity, your equity just to be gobbled up, right? Mm. Why, why allow it to be gobbled up with the penalties and interest that's going to just gobble it up quick, fast, in a hurry. Take advantage of your situation. Rebuild. We we understand. Rebuild. So Correct. that first nugget I'm giving you is my book, Facing Foreclosure, and allowing people to understand that we are experts of what we do and showing people where they can see where we're experts. How, 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 does, how, do, how do people get hold of that book? Um, I got a, uh, you can order it through us. I also have an ebook, uh, and I'll send that to you. Well, exactly. Uh, what we'll do is we'll have all the information in the no note, show notes, and all. We'll get all that to the public. Yep. You know, awesome. Yep, yep. Um, so that's that's my first nugget, right? Okay. First nugget. The the second nugget, um, and it's a nugget that people should be always um, putting themselves in this situation, and that is. Um, be around the people that you want to be, right? Mm -hmm. Your circle of influence, right? Your circle of influence should be that influence of individuals who's giving you insight, who's putting you in a better situation, right? Mm -hmm. I don't believe that we should ever have idle time, right? Should never mm -hmm. be idle, right? Um, we should always put ourselves in a position to learn something every day learning from the people of our circle of influence and we should be teaching each other putting ourselves in a better situation because for individuals who believe they know everything mm -hmm. they never learn anything right never. they never learn anything so i'd rather sit back and say nothing and try to listen and learn so i can put myself in a better situation but just like the mike healy's of this world they ask me something i'm gonna try to give them the best possible information that I have that could put the Mike Healy's out there in a mm. better position. Mm. Because what I may know, you may not know. Correct. You know, I may not know. Correct. So this is each one teach one, right? This is this is what it's about, right? Um, hence the reason why NRBA, I mean, shoot, if it wasn't for NRBA, I wouldn't have met you, right? Fact. This is how 
we 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 uplift each other, right? Exactly. So it's 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 about right knowledge, giving that knowledge to people, our our circle. We want to put everybody around us in a better situation because we don't know when they need to lift us up, right? We don't we, we don't know, right? We could be in a situation, and I can, I can count countless amount of times where people have put me in a position mm. to be great, to be great. I mean, one phone call to an asset manager got me in the door, right? One email to an asset manager got me into the door. Would have never happened if mm. the, if, if 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 it would have just never happened. So, my main thing is circle of influence, right? Knowledge keeping yourself abreast of what's going on, right? Mm. Um, and giving that knowledge back because knowledge within doesn't mean anything if you're not giving it out, right? That's it. That's it. Brother, let me tell you something, man. You you unpacked so much great stuff for us today. And again, we're going to keep running this. You have enlightened us. Uh, we want to sign off and we want to thank Mr. Jahid Shahir. Jahad Shahir. Jahad Shahir. He corrected me. That's why it was a highlight, brother. U.S. Asset Realty in the Connecticut and White Plains, New York area. We want to thank you, brother. Thank you for being a part of my show. And um, we'll see you all next time when we have the Good Real Estate Show. Hey, gang. I hope you really enjoyed that show. Our guests provide us some great tips and insight. And please support them on all social media platforms. And while I'm saying that, support us on all social media platforms. And don't forget, watch the entire video on YouTube. We'll see you next time.